You're listening to the 12 Days of Crusademus, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. The first day of Christmas my true love brought to me A partridge in a pear tree The second day of Christmas my true love brought to me Two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree The third day of Christmas my true love brought to me Three French hens, two turtle doves And a partridge in a pear tree The fourth day of Christmas my true love brought to me Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves And a partridge in a pear tree The fifth day of Christmas my true love brought to me Five golden rings Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves Ten nth man's anthene, which is hard to say. Welcome to the tenth installment of the Twelve Days of Crusademus, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. The 12 Days of Crusademus is our gift to the comic book-loving podcast community to celebrate the holiday season. And we're celebrating this joyous season by sharing with you some often overlooked comic book titles that we think are awesome. Each day of the 12 Days of Crusademus will bring you a new hidden gem of a comic book series brought to you by one of our Jingling All the Way co-hosts. Until we get all the way to December 25th, Christmas Day. I'm your host for this 10th day of Crusademus, Jared Albrecht, a.k.a. The Yard Sale Artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. And here are the right jolly old elves joining me for today's unwrapping. Today we have Pat Sampson, who is also known as Bill the Bike Christatos. Christatos. Welcome to your man of mystery. Welcome to your yeah, own show, you. Pat. And uh, you sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> Uh, we also have my brother from another mother, Delvin the Dark Web Williams. Welcome to the show, Delvin. Thank you very much. And uh, just as a point of clarification, 15% of the Dark Web uh, celebrates Kwanzaa, even though it's made up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we'll round things out with my brother from my actual mother, Jason Weaselskull Albrick. Welcome to the show, Jason. Thanks, Jared. Merry Christmas and uh, uh, Merry Christmas to all our fans out there. That's right. Well, Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Hanukkah. Have a great Kwanzaa. Have a rockin' Ramadan. Uh, if you're an atheist, happy Thursday, I guess. Whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever it's Thursday happy with Festivus, benefits. everyone. <laughs> yes, happy Festivus. Festivus for the rest of us. Oh, what were, oh, yeah, we were doing a show. I forgot. Let's see. <laughs> find my place on the script again, as if it matters. Um, okay. As you heard in my singing intro, 10 Nth Man's Nthing, which is still hard to do, we are unwrapping Nth Man uh, by Marvel Comics. Nth Man was a comic that came out from Marvel in 1989. Uh, it is written by the amazing Larry Hama. Ron Wagner drops the pencils and Fred Fredericks inks this book. I love this book for lots of reasons. This is a book I've come to actually just recently, like this year, as of 2017. I did not read it in the 80s. It was recommended to me by my friend Kirk Spencer, and I immediately got hooked. I love this book because this is basically one part G.I. Joe, one part X-Men, one part insanity. Okay, here's all you need to know. There's a guy who's an ultimate ninja trying to track down uh, a guy he knew from his childhood 
who is a mutant who has the power to basically do anything he wants with his mind and he's the the ultimate ninja nth man is being helped by uh an army ranger female type army ranger and an old man who's a dentist and it takes place after world war three and there's mutants and there's zombies and there's russian assassins it's got everything. It's a it's a crazy hodgepodge of a book, but I, I found it to be wacky and fun and somehow weirdly grounded at the same time. Uh, for today's uh, episode, I actually had the team read Nth Man issue number two. Most of the time I kicked them off with a number one, but I felt like number two gave a better flavor. I'll go ahead and tell you right now, issue number one, pretty much the whole story was this team of uh, special forces folks uh, in a C-130 flying directly into Moscow after World War III had broken out. Their entire mission was to free Nth Man from a Russian prison. And they literally just land the C-130s, crash land it right into the streets of Moscow, uh, hop out of the, the C-130. Most of them die with the exception of the female sergeant. I think her name is Deborah. I may be wrong. And they rescue Nth Man and get him out of the prison. So why is he so important? What's going on with the world? Why are, why did World War III happen? Uh, these are all questions that will be answered. So in today's issue number two, we get, we pick up from where we left off in issue one, and they have brust, busted him out of prison. So let's find out what the team has to say about it. On Nth Man, I think it is time for Delvin to kick us off on your thoughts on Nth Man, the ultimate ninja. So, you, you, you know, the uh, old Adam Sandler bit, you know, when they're spelling out respect and the old man buzz out, S, yeah. you know, and, and they're like, I, I got confused. That's that's kind of how I was. Like yeah. most of Nth Man, like it, I felt, I, I don't know, I, I, I did get the characters and I was kind of like, I, so let me back up as uh, if I, as as you know, a older guy, I know that if I looked at this comic book as a kid, I would have been like, I have no idea what the heck's going on. So what what I do appreciate is, I, I it feels like the book was kind of a throwback to like some of the older comic books, like uh, that were you know that were kind of referencing like a war, and it had you know, and it was talking about soldiers, and you know, and it had a lot of words in it and stuff. So it was like a weighty, a book that people could you know read and take their time and check out the nuances and stuff. So I did appreciate that. Like, and you know, maybe it's just kind of my perspective overall. Like, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm used to, or most of the comic books I'm reading with like a lot of like the super fast action and all the crazy artwork and splash pages. That I, I it, that it took me a while to like really get into it, but it wasn't a bad read. Okay, no, that's fair. I think that's real fair. I think, I think it is a more adult paced book um, yep. than it is a, a standard late eighties fare from Marvel. I think you're absolutely right about that. Did you have any thoughts on the art in the book? I thought the art did the job it was supposed to to do. You know, like it, if you look back through that book, that even if you put like say. You know, you think about like a dynamic artist like uh, Todd McFarlane or Jim Lee. The mo- the the book isn't going to be any differently. It's supposed to be a slower paced book, mm-hmm. and and I get that. So I thought the artwork did the job it was supposed to do. Yeah, I, I think personally, I feel like it, it feels like art from a lot of your more war oriented books. You know, your Sergeant yep. Rocks and stuff like that. So it does make sense. Uh, speaking of things that make sense, Pat <clears throat> Sampson. What did you think about the Nth Man? Well, um, I liked it. Uh, I do agree with you. It's got that there was something odd about it. 
in a way, in reading this issue, trying to comprehend what was actually happening, makes a little more sense of uh, through the intro when you said, you know, there's another guy that's has these mind powers and that. Mm-hmm. I wonder why that old guy was around. It's like, why are you keeping this, this guy around? <laughs> crotchety guy around or, or this weird old guy around. Um, still unsure what the unth man can do. He's... Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, definitely want to learn a little bit more about it. Art-wise, too, I agree with Delvin. Did the job. And story-wise, being Larry Hama, I know, you know, it's, it's a long, slow burn probably for this mm-hmm. so definitely in, into interested in it yeah speaking of the long slow burn um larry had a, a a plot of this i can't remember if he had originally plotted it for 18 or 24 issues and then i think it was around issue 14 they told him that they were going to cancel it at 16 so he had two issues to wrap it all up and well, it has to be tough and it was tough. It was tough to find the series and to be absolutely loving it and then see the obvious rush that had to happen in the last two issues, even though it was still really well done. You could totally get a feel for where Larry was going with this. And uh, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. And as I mentioned before, like with on the second day of Crusademus with Slingers, I like books with a lot of intrigue. Yeah. I like figuring out because you will fig- find out what the old man is all about. You will find out what what John Doe, a.k.a. Inthman's powers are. Uh, you will find out, find out a lot more about his relationship with Alfie O'Megan, the guy who can do anything with his mind, pretty much. You'll find all that stuff out, and it's it's a fun yeah, I ride. Think, I think this, like Delvin said, too, I think it's a more adultish, more uh, more mm-hmm. mature reading style with it than it, if I was a kid and you saw know, this in 89, uh, I probably would have passed it up. Yeah, I think we all did, honestly. Um and one other thing before we move on to Jason's thoughts is uh, I, one of the things that contributed, I think, to its early demise, and it shows up a lot in the letters columns, when going back and reading the letters columns, and I, and I got a chance to talk with Larry Hama at a Comic-Con recently, uh, was its title. They called it Inthman the Ultimate Ninja. And you got to remember, this was the late 80s, and like ninjas were everywhere. And I think people were burned out like, oh, I don't need another ninja book. I don't need another ninja movie. And which is funny because somewhere around issue seven or eight or something like that, they actually dropped that and they changed it to being called Inth Man after World War Three. Hmm. Uh, which I wonder if they had hmm. led with that, if the book would have sold better. Because I, you go back and you read the letters pages, and a lot of people in the letters pages, the letter always starts out, "I almost passed on this book because I didn't want another ninja book," but you know, and then that's that's where it goes. But that was an interesting side note as well. Uh, but Jason's been waiting very patiently. So Jason, your thoughts on Inth Man? Uh, I, I actually love this book. And, uh, you know, to be fair, you, you'd kindly sent me some issues of Nth Man before, uh, before I read issue two here. So I've been, been enjoying those, uh, as well. I'm kind of, it's kind of disjointed. I'm reading them, you know, out of sequence a little bit. But, <laughs> That's yeah. going to be interesting. <laughs> yes. But, but I mean, I, boy, I've got some really, really deep thoughts on this one. So kick back, get some popcorn. So, Number one is, I, I think, the timing of this book. You said this was 88, 89, something like that? Right, right to 89. Right. So this is this is right after, uh, on the heels of Watchmen, Ronin, Dark Knight Returns. This is, this is where adults and young adults are coming on board for, for comic books. I mm-hmm. think this is kind of where we've made this turn now. That people are coming back to comic books, and so they're looking for some more mature titles. That's number one. 
This is also the time when Tom Clancy is huge with with his his novels, uh, Hunt for Red October and Red Storm Rising. Then we get books like Team Yankee. And you definitely feel that influence throughout the story. Then you kind of mix in almost an X-Men-like element with a with a um, Prometheus-like character, if you know your X-Men, uh, somebody that can just manipulate reality and make the world however however they want it. So you kind of you have that person come in, and then there's some post-nuclear age philosophy mixed in with this. And and those of us who study political science or like political science are kind of familiar with you know, the post-atomic age and, and different philosophies that have come about. And there's there's a school of thought that without nuclear weapons, we would have World War III because it's in our, our nature uh, to, you know, to fight wars. And we've mm-hmm. seen that with World War One and World War Two, But with atomic weapons and nuclear weapons, that changed the game to where the costs are too high to have another World War. So so you see that that philosophy kind of put to the test Mm-hmm. Um, and this story. So I think all of these things are kind of blended together with Larry Hama's imagination. And I think this is, this, this, this is kind of, for whatever reason, fell just short of being one of those masterpiece works. And, and I don't know if it was in the marketing. I don't know, you know, exactly why this isn't more renowned than it is, but it's a good read and should be read. So. Those are my thoughts. I thought the story was great. Art was great. And uh, definitely uh, looking forward to reading the series. Awesome. Awesome. Glad you enjoyed it. I also think it's interesting since Jason took a very highbrow approach that it came out in uh, August of the number one came out in August of 89. And uh, it would just be a couple months later in October or October or November of 89 that the fall of the Berlin Wall happened. It was November. November. Yeah. So it's weird how that, you know. It's very Cold War. This book is very Cold War on the on the cusp of the beginning of the end uh, of the Cold War. So it was interesting timing as well. Uh, so yeah, we get, we dropped some some knowledge and philosophy bombs on the audience today, folks. Who has deep thoughts about Jason's thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind I kind of felt a little bit like you know self depressed because I'm like, I need comic books that go pow boom. <laughs> 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 and Jason, no slingers is for you. Jason put on his spectacles with his corn cob pipe and <laughs> drop philosophy on balls, man. Uh, as you can see in uh, in the brothers Albrecht, uh, you've got the 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 high thinking humor, and then I'm the D's nuts guy. So we all have our role. <laughs> D's nuts. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want that. I don't hey, want I'm that not above a good D's nuts joke. I don't want that to show up on my stocking. <laughs> <laughs> Check your text messages, Pat. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, what year did you say this was? Eighty-nine. No, what is it? Eighty-nine. Another summer. Sound of the funky drummer. <laughs> oh, sorry. Public enemy, y'all. If y'all, it's public. Yes, I, I'm, I'm with you, Pat. The, the dark web is with you. Every time you said that, I was been waiting for that. All right. Uh, thanks for bringing the show back to where it belongs, Pat. After Jason tried to t- put us on the high road, we are Did back. my best. This Did my best. isn't about high road. You're absolutely right. Thank God. Like, all, I was not brought here jolly. to be high road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. good. You read. <laughs> so, uh, anybody else with thoughts on the Nth Man? Well, 
then I suppose we should probably score it. Out of 12 candy canes, how likely are you to want to read some more Nth Man Delvin? I'm going to give it a seven. And it, it probably would have been a little bit lower, but like I'm always convinced if like one of my friends has a high level of passion, you know, for something. It, it gives me more of an interest to check it out where, as I might not normally ha- have. So it would have been lower, but it was bumped up to a seven largely because of uh, Jason's influence here. Yeah. Yeah. Jason made a passionate King speech style uh, plea there for it. Uh, Candy canes. Uh, Pat, I'm going to give it 10. I'm, I'm interested just to see more where it goes. He's in. He's in on Nth Man. And I think Jason's got some candy canes to give for Anthman. Jason, how many candy canes are you giving on this? Well, since you sent me a lot of the comics, I'm going to say 12. <laughs> <laughs> since I'm already reading them. Yeah, Jason basically got a bunch of comics because I was given like a handful of them, like probably seven. Like I said, it's a 14-issue series, so I got about seven of them from Kirk. Something like that. And then I liked them so much that I immediately went on eBay and, and found a full run. And they're very affordable. I bought a full run of them and I just sent Jason all my doubles. So, yeah, lots of candy canes from Jason. He's going full bore on those candy canes. So, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's Nth Man. Nth Man, uh, I think I would recommend if you like uh, it's it's a weird mix. But I think if you like G.I. Joe and X-Men and smoking crack you would probably enjoy uh, oh somebody say crack <laughs> you got some crack <laughs> well, there, um, there's a couple, couple more candy canes it is it is wacky but it's like gloriously wacky uh so yeah it's it's a good crossover book uh, a couple other things that i learned from from talking with with uh with larry was uh specifically the the penciler and larry i th- i got the feeling larry might feel this way but i don't want to speak for him but i know that the penciler ron wagner had publicly stated that he thought the book floundered because they wouldn't let them bring it into the regular marvel universe i am of the mind it works better outside the marvel universe yeah, i don't I agree to see nth man with wolverine or anything like that I just don't. But that's no, I, I think this story serves itself. You don't you don't need the Marvel Universe for this. I agree. I really do. I think it's a better uh, in its self-contained. I also just want to point out uh, an interesting uh, I always like interesting names of characters that um, the, your most powerful character in the book is Alfie Omegan, which is it's basically he's the beginning and the end. He's the alpha and the omega. Hence Alfie Omegan. That was a little little wordplay by Larry Hama on that. I, so yeah, I thought it I thought word. it was uh, Elfie from uh, Christmas story. You shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> You're close. <laughs> you were close. Just trying to keep it tied into the theme here. <laughs> <laughs> well done on, on on tying it all together. And unless anybody else has anything uh, to say on Nth Man, I will pause for three seconds. Good book. All right, good book. All right. <laughs> we're gonna wrap it up. That will wrap up today's gift-giving session of the 12 Days of Crusademus. We'd love to hear uh, from you if you're familiar with any of the comics that we've covered here on the show. Or if you give one of our uh, recommendations a try, let us know what you think. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Longbox Crusade, uh, Facebook at Longbox Crusade. You can email us at contact at Longbox Crusade. We'll compile all the feedback for all 12 Days of Crusademus and cover it in the next full episode of the Longbox Crusade. Now be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gift is from under the tree here in our festively decorated Longbox Crusade Studios. DJ Cristados, lay us out. 1989. <laughs> it's not a Christmas song. Uh, a number. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. 
and cheese And Santa put gifts under Christmas trees Decorate the house with lights at night Snow's on the ground, snow white so bright In the fireplace is the Yule log Beneath the mistletoe as we drink eggnog The rhymes that you hear are the rhymes of Daryl Like each and every year we bust Christmas carols Christmas carols copyright of their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended we make no money on this podcast and it is for entertainment purposes only we are just fans that like to share our love of comics outtakes can you hear me yep because mm, i thought i turned the microphone off <laughs> if you did that is on acoustic chicken <laughs> wrapping paper off on now you're on either way off <laughs> okay good to know <laughs> oh my god put Dang. the other mic back on I'm going to hit mute. Tell me if you can still hear me. How will we know when he's on mute? That that, that Jared, I hate my brother. He's just a piece of... (laughs) (laughs) Very funny. Let's let's do something. Do it live! Do it live! We get Jason to stop the damn hammering. (laughs) No, man. I just stick my my microphone in their face again. (laughs) Read this. Read this. Hopefully that's not a euphemism. It was December 25th, another day of the year. Um. (laughs) Sorry. Well, I just someone's coming. Someone's coming. I can't tell you. Is it Santa? Is it no, Santa? He <laughs> bring you spy yeah. boy. Let's get. Let's see how far we can get. Let's go. Starting it in three, two. Wait a second. Uh, what, what is, is the tenth day of Christmas? I think.